0: You're listening to Saturday Morning Rewind with Tim Nydell. Let's go back in time when turtles roamed the sewers of New York. A masked duck protected the streets of St. Canard. And knowing was half the battle. It's time for Saturday Morning Rewind. Welcome everybody to Saturday Morning Rewind. I am your host, Tim Nidell. This is bonus episode number two for September. The conclusion to my interviews with the cast of X-Men the Animated Series. So in just about a minute, you'll be hearing my one-on-one interview with Lenore Zan, the voice of Rogue.
1: You know what happens when I touch somebody. You want to end up in the hospital? Maybe it's worth it, no? Ugh.
0: But before I start the interview, remember to enter in my contest to win Season 1 of X-Men on DVD, Region 1 of course. Just visit hitrockbottom.org slash saturdaymorningrewind.html and then fill out the contest form on the left-hand side using the secret word, Rogue. Of course, you have two chances to win. You can enter in this episode or the previous episode with Allison Seeley Smith, the voice of Storm. Just check out that interview for the full details, and you could enter in twice. The contest ends September 30th, so do it now. Also, remember to rate this podcast on iTunes and follow us on Stitcher, Facebook, and Twitter. All of the links are on the website that I just told you to go to to enter in the contest. So, alright guys, here is voice actress and politician, who Do, Lenore Zan on Saturday Morning Rewind. Lenore, let me just thank you so much for coming on the show. I'm a huge fan of Rogue and of your voice and um Rogue is probably one of my favorite characters from the the X Men animated show, so thank you so much.
1: Well thank you very much. I'm I'm really happy to hear that.
0: And it's great to hear that you still have you you, you have the same raspiness that Rogue has, of course.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I've never been able to get rid of that. <laughs> <laughs> my million dollar crack.
0: There you go. <laughs> yeah x-men was one of my favorite cartoons growing up I remember as a kid waking up Saturday morning I used to uh, tape every episode on VHS put them in order and take out all the commercials and I was I was obsessed with that show and rogue was one of my like I said one of my favorite characters so it was a yeah great, great and,
1: well and that's, that's amazing to hear that you did that as a child I know you, you know that enamored of it and what was it about rogue that like
0: that you liked so much? Well, you know, first I was around 11 or 12 years old, so it was pretty obvious I thought she was hot.
1: Yeah. <laughs> right.
0: But yeah, she, she's a strong woman, you know, very, you know, I was, as a kid, I used to love Superman. She, you know, reminded me a lot of Superman and those qualities and everything. And I just, and also loved Gambit, and their chemistry together was amazing on the show.
1: Yeah, yeah, it was. Especially because. They loved each other, but they could never really be together as a couple in a way.
0: Exactly, exactly. Now.
1: Like the, un- the untouchable. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> in more ways than one, yeah.
1: Yeah. Now. But, um, any other reasons why you particularly, uh, were, were attracted to Rogue?
0: I mean, Rogue's voice is, is, is sexy. Let I me mean, just say that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I'll
0: take that as a compliment. There you go. Can I kind of hear? Can I hear a little bit of rogue?
1: Well, my daddy liked to kill himself when he found out I was a mutant. I love it. that, <laughs> get out of my mind. I remember I had me a boyfriend when I was thirteen. Had me a boyfriend till I kissed him. Poor boy went into a coma for three days. <laughs>
0: I can't believe you still okay. remember those lines.
1: I do, I do. Oh, those are kinda like my that was I think almost my audition piece they got me to do oh, really? in the beginning. Yeah, when I uh when I did the first when I did the audition for the character, I only auditioned once and I came in at the end because my agent at the time kept telling me, Oh, you know, Lenora there's a show, it's a cartoon show and they're looking for somebody with a sexy hus- husky southern voice and I think you're the one So you gotta go down and audition, but I'd never done animation at that point and I was doing movies and television and theater and I did play a lot of American characters on these different Canadian shows and I did play of Southern characters. So you know, so she just thought I was right for this part. But I, I I don't know for what one reason or another, I, I just kept blowing off the auditions and just not not going because I, I don't know I just didn't really care too much and cartoons at that time weren't as cool as they have since become yeah. and in a in a way our show helped to make them become really cool as well yeah so I just kept missing the auditions and not really caring. Not really caring. It was a little more lackadaisical back in those days. <laughs> and um, then finally she called me and said, look, they're having callbacks for that show and they still haven't found the right person for that character. And I know it's because it's you. <laughs> so get your ass over there and do the audition because I'm sure you'll book it and, you know, and it'll be good money and all that. So I went, and I walked into the uh, sound booth, and put the headphones on, and these guys were on the other end in Los Angeles, and they were Fox Network and Saban Entertainment, and I did this one little paragraph, like basically that one that I just said that they had there written down for us, and at the end of it, I, I, I did it once. And at the end of that, I heard these guys go, Oh my God, where'd she come from? You know, get that girl. Don't let her leave the studio. That's the voice. That's the one we've been looking for. And that's how I got the part in X-Men.
0: That never happens, by the way. You always get callbacks. that? That never really happens in animation. You always get callbacks and different... Well,
1: that one, it was just like... I mean, it was just... It was the voice. It was the thing they were looking for. And um, so... That was my first animation, and it became, you know, one of many other characters yeah. that I ended up doing. Uh, but to this day, I have to say it is my favorite. And part of the reason why I, I was asking you what, you know, what you liked about the character is because I get a lot of fan mail, even to this day, and I get a lot of mail from young people who feel like outsiders, yeah. they feel like they don't quite fit in. They, even people who, for instance, are in jail, uh, people who are in the military, who are um, on, you know, I've gotten emails and and messages from people who are, you know, in warships out in the Gulf, in the Gulf Harbor there at one point in time who were writing to me because they felt lonely and they said that Rogue really spoke to them and they just really connected with her. I think part of it is because she's a loner, she's always alone it seems, she can never really get close to anybody too much because she's afraid of her own power, she's she's sort of afraid of intimacy because if she does actually get close to somebody or fall in love with somebody or wants to touch somebody, she can't because if she actually touches them she will drain them of all of their life force and take it upon her herself, take it into herself and kill them. So that is an amazing power to have, mm-hmm. and it, and it's an amazing curse as well. So I'm sure there's a part of her that doesn't like herself very much and wishes she was different and wishes she was just normal like everybody else. So I think that's why a lot of people can relate
0: to her you know as you're saying that you're giving me goosebumps because i really can relate to that as a kid i, I felt like one of those loners you know i didn't feel like i can fit in and i moved around a lot as a kid so i was you know new yeah. schools and that kind of stuff and and right. school I, I used to be made fun of as the short fat kid in, in school and everything so but
1: okay. you know look
0: at, uh, kids nowadays need to realize you know they're going to have it rough in school but they're gonna make it out I made it fine I was a short fat kid and now I'm a six foot four 185 pound guy you know so it's gonna be just <laughs> fine.
1: <laughs> that's great that's good but it's true you know and and I think that um, the I think that superheroes and the cartoons have become in a way our modern day mythology they're like our you know like our ancient Greek gods and goddesses you know like yeah, a lot of people. Are look to them and the stories and they are universal themes oftentimes in the Marvel comics. So they're, they're not just surface, they are deep and you can look at them in many different ways. Like even the fact that, you know, that, that, that one of the worst, so supposedly enemies of the X-Men actually is very close to professor X and they have a history. Yep. You know what I mean? So it's, it's almost like, You know, there's no such thing as pure evil. They're both sides of the same coin.
0: That's very true.
1: And I think that that's another reason why the cartoons... I mean, I'm quite excited that cartoons have taken off as much as they have. Even now, I went to see Percy Jackson last night. Uh And I loved it. I mean, I love any of that stuff. You know, the mythology, the magic, the... All that, all of that stuff. I loved the first one. I was dying for the second one to come out. And again, like, they're universal themes. And and here they are in that one. They're kind of regurgitating, in a way, the Greek myths, um, which I studied as a child. I studied the Greek myths. I love them. I love mythology from all around the world. And Joseph Campbell, who is an amazing American writer, talked a lot about mythology in society and how myths are always important to every society. And one of the most important myths is the hero's journey of somebody, and it can be a woman or a man, you know, who goes out, who hears the call to adventure, who hears the call to go out and like find themselves or find something to go on a quest and then and then they have to battle all of these different energy forces to get to the quest. And once you get the thing that you're looking for, that's only part of it. Then you got to go home <laughs> and you got to take what you found with you. And sometimes it's like when you bring that thing that jewel in the forest or whatever it is that wisdom back into society, society may not be ready to accept that piece of wisdom. So again, you you might be, find yourself with challenges as a loner trying to give that piece of wisdom to a society that's not ready to take it yet. Uh And then you have to be able to learn to live with that. So I think that all of these kinds of stories are very, very deep within our psyche, and they strike a certain chord within each of us that we can relate to. Some people don't go on the quest. Some people are a little bit timid, they're like hobbits, they like to stay in their own cozy (laughs) burrow, they don't really want to go on any adventures. And then some others of us, actually, we love the call of adventure, and we love to go and challenge ourselves. And I'm definitely one of those kind of people. So for me, those kinds of characters that I've played throughout my life have given me great um, comfort and solace and I've done a lot of traveling in real life as well and gone to many countries and, you know, lived in many different areas to find out what this earth and this, this time that we're here on earth is all about. So I think and it, it informs the characters that I then play.
0: Yeah, I love how you're so passionate about that. It's awesome.
1: Thank you. Well, I'm a pretty passionate person. <laughs> do, you, do you
0: have a favorite episode that stands out that you can remember?
1: Well, A Rogue's
0: Tale, of course. Oh, isn't that the one uh, with Miss Marvel and uh, Mystique? Yes. And uh, you learn uh, more of the the background, don't you, on that one?
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah, that's a good episode. I think
1: that's also the one where I go flying up through, like, four rooms. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, it
0: shows shows your real power, and it shows how you got that power, actually.
1: Yeah, and I think, is that the one where there's a flashback to Cody? To my boyfriend. Yes, lady.
0: yes, yes, yes. When you guys are sitting yeah. on the on the shore on the beach there and yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think you see that one other time too in the first season. But that's you, a, do you? Okay. I believe if I remember correctly, you do. I'm not 100% sure, but I think you see that twice. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's a great but, episode. Yeah, I
1: love I love A Rogue's Tale and um, I mean, I miss the show in a way. I, I kind of wish they had have used those of us from the original one in some of the following shows because some of us even play kids in other shows that we do, other animated series that we do. Mm-hmm. And so we can easily make our voices younger or older or whatever. And um, But yet, they, they never, they didn't want to use us in any of the following ones which oh, is really kind that, of the same.
0: That is, that would have been so great for, for us fans it would have been great yeah. too to hear.
1: Yeah, you know, it would have been really fun but um, for whatever reason, they decided uh, not to use any of the originals.
0: And I know they used uh, George, who played Beast in the in the first X Men live action movie. I'm surprised they didn't have anybody else from the from the show on there too. Oh, did they? Yeah, he had a, a very small, very small. If you didn't know who it was, you wouldn't know who he was. Well,
1: what did he play?
0: He played like a truck driver in the beginning of the movie, just oh, really? barely a half a second on screen. But it's he's there.
1: <laughs> oh wow.
0: Yeah, that would have been great to see. You know, you and you know a couple more of the Chris on there. That would have been kind of
1: cool. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I was a little bit disappointed in the movie that they made her. They kind of seemed to make her a bit of a combination of Jubilee and Rogue. Yep. I think they just wanted to get that um, the age group represented of that really young age group, but. You know, I think Rogue is the most interesting when she's older and sexier and yep. she's got the red hair with the white stripe up the middle and just she has her powers and she's she's in her in full flight so to speak. I completely but, agree. But um that. They, again, they didn't choose to go that way with her and so she barely even seems to have a southern accent. Yeah. <laughs> you know.
0: Yeah, there there's a few things that they've gone in different directions with with the movies that i don't agree with but hey they're working yeah. you know makes the money and I, I enjoy them for what they are so it's still fun
1: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so uh well I think marvel does an amazing job anyway yeah um oh, yeah. and i'm glad Dan Lee is still alive and
0: yep he's a great man. Know, i mean the
1: spider-man ones and the batman ones uh, are, are fantastic and um you know but it was that was a, a joy for me that whole period and then You know, I I ended up doing a whole bunch of other types of characters after that. In L.A., in New York, and in uh, Vancouver, uh, which is where I traveled after I did Mm X-Men. And now I'm home in Nova Scotia. Came full circle. I came back (laughs) home and uh, bought a house here, and I have little dogs, and started working with young kids and teaching them that you can be successful no matter where you come from, whether it's from a small town or what. And working with um, a digital animation uh, program here that in Truro, Nova Scotia, they they teach kids how to do the art, you know, for the, the animation, so I go in and do a workshop with them once a year, Aww. but then uh, the rest of the time, I, I uh, was asked to run for government.
0: Yeah, I saw
1: that. <laughs> became, a, became a politician. That's insane.
0: So,
1: <laughs> you know, it's pretty amazing um, career.
0: Yeah, I mean, you never think, you know, actress, voice actress, you know, politician, is never on the same resume.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I know, and, and you know, I go into schools now to talk to kids and stuff, and, the teachers get all excited and they say, Oh well now class, you know who we have here with us today and you know, they're expecting the class to say, Oh yeah, we know she's the um, you know, the M L A. Here it's called member of the legislative assembly and okay. in the States it would be it would be basically like I would be a um oh, I would be like a state representative with uh, for the governor of that state. Congresswoman, I guess. I would be a congresswoman. So I go into the schools, and these little kids, they get all starry-eyed, and this one time recently, a little kid jumped up and went, I know who she is, I know who she is. And the teacher was like, wow, Johnny, you know, well, who is she? And he said, she's a superhero. Aww, that's awesome. <laughs> you know, so it was really cute. Yeah, but it.
0: it.
1: It's, it's nice to be able to include my, you know, my passion for um, the arts. I'm, I'm working a lot on talking to people about the creative economy and getting um, you know animation and film and television and theater and music and dance and art all at the forefront of uh, government thinking as opposed to be being something that's on the back burner that they think is just sort of the icing on the cake that's not worth investing in Uh, I believe that, that these kinds of things are what actually keeps our society civilized and it also uh, is worth a lot of money and it hires so many people. So, you know, you get a bunch of movies and television and animation shows going on in an area, it brings in money. And it's the spin offs are incredible for the communities. So I don't see why you have to spend money on, you know, digging digging holes and things or or even uh, just the natural resources of a province or state or country. I, I say, you know, there is a natural resource, which is the talent and creativity of the people. And if you can tap into that and use that, you're going to have a lot of people happy that are making money and that are uh, buying other resources and using other people's talents to create the beauty all around us. So... That's where I'm enjoying, uh, spending my time working on those kinds of things these days.
0: You sound like a busy, busy woman. That's crazy.
1: I am. I am. (laughs) And, uh, you know, just recently as well, I was named um, one of five Canadians from right across the country to be spokespeople for the Mental Health uh, Association to talk about uh, addictions and um, anxiety and depression and how these are mental illnesses that many many people have that can be uh, helped with either medication or therapy and i'm 17 years sober myself Oh, congratulations so uh, i'm an example of what can be done and what you can do when you let go and you um uh, agree that you know that you need to get some help and so uh, i'll be pretty busy going from coast to coast with that and being on television and doing interviews and things regarding that. And I'm sure that is a big problem in the States as well. Oh, it
0: is. Yes, it is.
1: You know, mental health issues and and a lot of people coming home from the war, you know, depression, anxiety, all of that stuff. It affects the whole family. And many times you can turn to alcohol or drugs in order to try and self-medicate. But uh, alcohol is a drug too. So, you know, we need to really, if we, Think that we're starting to act in a way that is not our normal happy self, then go see a doctor and see a psychologist. And don't be ashamed of it. Don't be don't feel like oh you're a less than because you might have a problem. Just get the help you need. And so many others are going through the same thing. So I just say you're not alone.
0: Yeah, it's a natural you know? thing nowadays to to have depression. You know, I know a lot of people with depression that take medication, and they need that medication. Yeah. So it's, it's important.
1: Exactly, exactly, so yeah, so tomorrow for instance I'm flying to Toronto and I'm gonna be doing that uh, for that campaign and then come back and there'll probably be an election at some point uh, (laughs) soon in the fall here, so I'll be running again and uh, I feel pretty good about it, I'm ready, like well, you know, I'm always ready for a rumble. There you go. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Just put on your skin tight suit and just get out there.
1: That's right. There you go. (laughs) Come on, boys. You You look about as nervous as a long-tailed cat in a room full of rocking chairs. (laughs) The first episode.
0: (laughs) I remember that one.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's right. I think it
0: was. Yeah. At least the first. It was. It was a combined episode. It's either the first or second one that happens in.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: you know, I have a I have a Twitter follower. It's because of him I'm doing this interview because he reached out to me a couple months ago. I was like, Hey, why don't you get some interviews with uh, some voice actors from the X Men show? I was gonna do it eventually, but he motivated to do it sooner. Do you think okay. you I, do you think I can give him a little? You can give him a little shout out as Rogue. His name is James.
1: Mm-hmm. What's his name?
0: James. I don't know his last name, but his his Twitter tag is James Ashley Eleven.
1: Well, this goes out to uh, James Ashley 11 I think that's the hashtag. I just want to say uh, all the best to you. And this is Rogue talking to you today. But you're on my mind, and I'm wishing you all the best. And your friend here uh, on the radio really cares about you. Have a good one, buddy. Bye for now.
0: He's going to love that. I guess that's going to do it, Lenore. Thank you so much. I'm a big fan of your voice. It's been truly thank amazing. Thank you so
1: much. Can i tell you, they, they enjoy listening to it in the legislature, too.
0: <laughs> do they? <laughs> yeah. That's great. Can so, I... um,
1: yeah, well, well, listen, it's a pleasure talking with you.
0: Yes, yeah, same here. Can I get you real quick to close the podcast as Ro? You can you can say whatever you want.
1: Well, I just want to say uh, thank you, Tim Nidell, for having me on your show. Saturday Morning Rewind. And all you girls and boys and ladies and gentlemen out there listening, I hope you've had a wonderful time. And uh, please keep watching those cartoons and please keep listening to this show. Tim's a great guy. Bye for now, sugar.
0: And that's going to conclude this episode of Saturday Morning Rewind. Please remember to rate us on iTunes and follow us on Twitter and Facebook. All of the links can be found on our website at hitrockbottom.org under the podcast section. Also remember to enter in and win the contest that I mentioned in the beginning of the podcast. The contest runs to the end of the month. Thank you so much for listening, and here is a sample of who you're going to hear on the next episode. in the air doesn't agree with my garden Maxie.
1: that's pollution pop
0: now son it's okay to disagree with me but no need to use that sort of language oh. now give me a thanks again i'll see you next time johnny catch oh no let's tell mom it was billy's mistake you're making the mistake Anyone can have an accident, but lying makes it worse. But Mom will be upset. She'll be even more upset if you lie. And how would you feel if Billy got punished? Face up to what you've done. Don't take the easy way out. We'll tell her we did it. Remember, it's better to tell the truth. And that's no lie. Now we know. And knowing is half the battle.